you want to grow a profitable private practice, up level your whole entire game and become the business owner you've always imagined, then joining our coaching community is exactly what you want to do next. I've mentioned this, uh, I think over the past couple weeks, um, but we've got just a couple more slots um, uh, available to join our group. We meet, uh, the group meets with me every week for an hour. You also get uh, an individual coaching session every quarter. Uh, we read a new book every month that we deliver right to your door. Uh, we've got an accountability tool to keep you accountable uh, to everything you're working on. And um, and the event, uh, or the, the group culminates in a, a live in-person retreat coming up in the spring. Everything is included in your membership. So if you're at all interested in that, the next thing for you to do is head to privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash PDP for purpose-driven practice. That's privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash PDP, or you can just go to our website, scroll down and click on that button, hop on a call with me. The group starts next Thursday, so you don't have much time. So if you're hearing this right now, uh, it could be too late, um, but you should try. So hop on that link right now and um, uh, you can hop on a call with me. So um, in this episode, we're sitting down um, and talking to, well, first of all, this is the Private Practice Workshop Podcast, <laughs> and I'm your host, John Clark, and all that other stuff, but we don't have time for that today. Um, uh, this uh, In this episode, I'm sitting down with actually a, a member of our coaching group, of our mastermind group, and uh, her name is Celeste Osborne. She's been in the group for over six months. She's also been through my fully book program, and she's getting ready for our next six months that starts on Thursday. Um, so she's already grabbed her spot in the group. So in this episode, I'm basically sitting down and just hearing about her story and journey of going from full-time agency work to now full-time private practice, a very thriving practice. Um, if I, if I, if I can put that in there. Um, so really fun episode, really great revealing conversation, really honest conversation about the ups and downs of private practice and what she's learned. And, um, and I think there's a lot that you're going to take away from it. So there you have it without further ado, let's dive in. Celeste Osborne is a licensed professional counselor in Houston, Texas. She started her private practice, Restoring Hope Counseling, part-time in January of 2016 after becoming fully licensed in 2015. She built her practice while working full-time for a large mental health agency in Houston, subleasing office space in the evenings and on the weekends. After a year and a half, she was able to get her own office, and that is when her practice really began to take off. Uh, she went full-time in August of 2019 and has loved the freedom that has come from being her own boss. She's married to an incredibly supportive husband, that's a nice accolade, uh, who has managed to keep the home running while Celeste has been building her practice. They've got three active boys, 9, 10, and 12, who love all things basketball, football, and wrestling, not necessarily in that order. And I'm really excited to have her. Celeste, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this with me. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, like I mentioned before the show, I just wanted to have you on and kind of talk about what your process has been like. You recently kind of made the the big leap, um, the leap uh, out of the agency and into your, your practice full time, which is um, significant. And so, 
yeah, I wanted folks to kind of hear about your journey. Um, maybe expand on your intro a little bit more. It's like, uh, who are you? How did you decide to become a therapist? What else should we know? Um, so my name's Celeste. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, so I, uh, wanted to become a therapist, I guess when I was a teenager, I heard my mom's story. She was, um, had some abuse in her life and how she'd mm. gone to counseling, uh, once she was married and, um, that really helped to, um, just help her be able to move forward. And I was like, mm. I want to do that. Um, and at the time I was like, okay, I want to do that. And then I didn't really do much with it for years. And then I, uh, started in, uh, my undergrad in psychology, but then I made the mistake of taking psychology right after lunch on Tuesdays and Thursdays when it was, you know, a bad time and everybody's tired. And so I was like, this is boring. I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, but then, uh, after I finished my undergrad in Christian studies, I, um, went back and got my master's and um, I went to school and got my master's cool. in counseling. Oh, cool. Supporting inspiration was actually from seeing your mom go to therapy. I was a kid, like I was really young. Yeah. I just heard her talk about it one day okay. um, when I was a teenager. And I was like, oh, okay. I had no idea at first about it. And then I was like, wow, it really helped her. Um, and I have always been one to listen to people and talk to people. And um, they would people would always come talk to me about whatever was going on with them. And um, I was like, hmm, maybe I could do that. So Interesting. that's kind of where I guess the idea started. Did you have other experiences along the way that were... Do you have any other jobs that were like quite different from counseling or totally different or um, similar? <clears throat> I, well, one, like my first job was I worked in a hair salon after hours cleaning for them. And then I worked <laughs> at Chick-fil-A for years in college. And um, I worked at a Baptist student ministry in college where I um, was a part of like leading the programming um, and planning events. And cool. then I did a marketing um stuff so i've done uh, quite a bit of different things cool so the only one that's probably close is the bsm i guess yeah because you and you work with some young people now too so that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah yeah i work a lot with teenagers um, and young adults nice mm -hmm. yeah that's that's not an easy gig um yeah in terms of like leading young people in the context of the church and um yeah, I also remember that for me, growing up in the church, the 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 leaders of like our young adult and teen groups were, um, they, you know, we looked up to them quite a bit, and we also were a handful, <laughs> even on a church trip. <laughs> yeah, we, we were like extra misbehaved on a church trip for some reason. You know, it's like maybe the pressure to to behave like made us misbehave. But um, they were really patient, yeah. and also I remember them being quite, uh, you know, um instrumental in in my life and in my friends' lives because we were with them all the time, right? And we would go on these trips and spend time together every single week. So um yeah, that's just that's a significant role to play in a young person's life. Yes. Yes. My husband is a youth pastor and so we've done a lot go. of that over the course of our being together. <laughs> there you so. go. That makes sense. So yeah. you started your practice then while you were still at the agency, right? What was that? What was that like? You know, what was the very um, at the very beginning like for you? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, when I first started, I had just gotten licensed um, in September, and so I started, I guess, that next January. And I was working for a different agency at the time, a much smaller one, <clears throat> working with teen moms, which I loved um, working with them. Um, 
and so I just like I had a friend that was had just gotten licensed as well and she had an office and she was like hey you can use my office um you could just pay by the hour Mm. and let's you know just set up a psychology today profile and just get started and I did, and I had a call within a couple of days, I think, and I was like, uh, hi, <laughs> like, I had no idea what to say or do. And, um, and I ended up meeting with that client for a good year and a half. Wow. Um, it was, it was a long client. Um, so it, it was, it was good. Um, we would be flexible in where we met for a while. I ended up, she owned a photography studio, so I'd go to her place sometimes. And um, when I moved out of the area, um, because after it's about six, Three or four months after we uh, started, we mm. moved across town, um, and I changed jobs from the small agency mm-hmm. to the large agency because the pay was better, and we had a, some life changes at that moment, so we moved mm. to another part of town, and and then I started subleasing place space mm-hmm. closer to where we lived. We moved, cool. so but it was um it was interesting, but I had no idea what I was doing, no idea. <laughs> You must have figured something out. Um, yeah. <laughs> meeting, you know, in a, like a, a setting, you know, other than an office is really interesting, right? It's, um, you know, I have that experience from my agency days and meeting like at schools, in the car, at a McDonald's, whatever, and, you know, doing more social work kind of stuff, but certainly having confidential conversations, uh, you know, out in these different places and it really teaches you to adapt and you also get a, a tremendous amount of information about the client's life, right? By kind of popping into their world. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. my job at the agency was a, um, a community based. So I was traveling all over Houston, which Houston is not a small city yeah. at all. Um, and so I would literally be all over in schools and homes at a park and Houston's hot. So parks in the summer is terrible idea um starbucks mcdonald's spent a lot of time at mcdonald's or whataburgers <laughs> so uh so yeah so you learn how to i learned how to whisper um yeah. when it got to serious <laughs> stuff for confidential like all right like lean in and yeah. you know let's not say this loudly to um you know affect their confidentiality yeah. <laughs> so I always like to, mm-hmm. in San Francisco, I'd be out, and it's actually a really small city geographically, San Francisco is, and it was always funny when I'd be out with like a young person or a teen that I was working with, and we saw someone that they knew, and then they would you have to explain, who am I, like who's this dude who's clearly mm-hmm. like not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like not your friend, not your relative, you know. Like yeah. someone explained this dude and they would always have different ways of explaining oh. it. Like, you know, he's my mentor or he's like my coach or something, or he's like, uh-huh. you know, my, I, I forget what else they would say, but it was always really funny. And they would have a way of spinning it pretty much anything other than therapist. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 When I worked with the teens, it was like that. And then I moved to an adult unit and the adults were like, Oh, it's my therapist. Like, yeah, they didn't care. Yeah. Here she so. is. <laughs> well, yeah. it's also funny. Is I went one point had, two clients who saw each other and I was with one of them and they didn't know that I was their shared therapist and it was actually a problem. These were like young uh-huh. teens who, um, yeah, had a lot of you know, behavioral issues and criminal issues. And, uh, it was like kind of a problem <laughs> between the two of them. Mm-hmm. It was almost like yeah. turf wars. <laughs> and I was like, man, uh-huh. I've, I've never been fought over. Uh, certainly not <laughs> professionally or as a, as a therapist, but in that moment I was, um, uh, but, yeah. Luckily, we were standing in front of Juvenile Hall, so it was pretty things didn't really go down. Um, but yeah, that was that was a you know a a, a a peek into their life as well. 
and how they kind of see me in in their life. It was interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what's what has what's been hard along the way? What have been your biggest challenges from from those those early days of starting your practice on the side? Um. I guess one thing that's been hard is just trying to figure it out as I go. Mm-hmm. Um, about a year in, I discovered Facebook groups mm-hmm. for therapists. I had no idea these things ex- existed. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is really helpful. And then I started seeing like stuff about podcasts. I'm like, oh, okay. So when driving all over Houston, there's opportunity to listen to podcasts all day long. Yeah, um, so that's true. what I would do. Um, and that I think really helped because I was like, Oh wow, there are things out there that I had never thought, heard of, thought mm-hmm. of. Um, and so that really got me, I, I got ideas or I'd write things down or I would be like, mm-hmm. take note to later on when I would have a chance to work on something, I would implement what I'd heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so learning about those things I think was helpful. Um, it was, uh, it was just a challenge um, scheduling, yeah. you know, seeing clients in the evenings and on Saturdays um, on top of working all day. And so um, I've always, seems like I've always been away from home in the evening since I, cause I did my master's program online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did my internship after working all day and I had young kids at the time. So it was a, um, it seems like I haven't really been home consistently in the evening. So I'm working yeah. towards changing that. Yeah. And that's a, that's been a struggle, but for the most mm-hmm. part, it, um, it was good. <laughs> Scheduling is one of those yeah. things that is still hard even years into being in practice because you have mm-hmm. a balance between the schedule you want and the schedule that your clients want you to work and somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're trying to, in your case, you know, make that transition from your full-time job to full-time private practice, our tendency is to be more flexible right? Even sometimes to mm-hmm. our detriment or to, you know, our, our mm-hmm. better kind of judgment. Um, but sometimes we, we have to kind of put in those hours or have those extended evenings just to make the math work. Um, I think that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I've been str- struggling with finding the right schedule. because mm. um, I'll tend to, if I'm talking to someone, I'll offer an hour that may not be available on my website. Um, yeah. but if somebody schedules, I'll pick something that's available. Yeah. And so I have to work on that balance. Totally. Or a client, you know, you mm-hmm. say my last one is at six thirty, and they say, Oh, can you do seven or seven thirty? And mm-hmm. they, you know, they yeah. ask really nicely. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. would always, um, just block it out you know, on my calendar for those who were kind of self-scheduling, you know, online. And then for the others, I would just kind of state that like, these are the hours. These are kind of like the the business hours, even if it was just me as a sole practitioner, like mm-hmm. I would almost position it as it's like someone else's policy because it is the business's yeah. policy technically. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked on my wording on that of, well, yeah. this is all I have available yeah, and um, things like that. Cause yeah. that's, I have to do or let they ask for Fridays and I'm taking Fridays off. I've tried there to really know. stick to my, and that's my day off. No, I'm not seeing anybody on Friday. Good for you. That's, that's mm-hmm. great to have that day. You could also just make up an imaginary boss if you want to blame it on someone else. I could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they yeah, could, that would work. They could have a name or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it could just be totally imaginary. So, well, what's uh-huh. the scheduling part? was hard. What else has been challenging and how have you, you know, worked through your challenges? Um, I think the other thing that's been a big uh, challenge 
is my mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, believing that I could make more money, mm-hmm. that that's allowed, um, that I don't have to be in a nonprofit um, agency setting, yeah. you know, making nothing, um, that, that, that it's okay to make money. Yeah. That's something I've been working on a lot. Um, I think the groups help a lot with that yeah. um, to challenge that mindset. Um, I've been hearing it. I've been thought I've been working on on my own <laughs> through like listening to podcasts or other people talk or Facebook groups, and mm-hmm. then um, being a part of the group that we're in has really helped like challenge that yeah. further. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. We mm-hmm. talked recently about this idea of like you have to be- become the person deserving of the success that you want. This mm-hmm. is I think this is a Hal Elrod thing. We're reading the Miracle Morning in our group right now, and. That was really interesting. There you go. <laughs> so let's just flash it on the screen. Um, that was a really interesting idea to me as well because it's like, well, in, in fact, some people have even gone so far to say is you you, you have to, um, yeah, you have to become different in order to get kind of different results, right? Or in, in our case, to get more money. And that goes against a lot of what we, the ethos of our profession, which is be yourself above all else and also be giving above all else. So, you know, mm-hmm. the big question is how do we hold all of those, you know, in the same hand, so to speak? Yeah. I'm still working on figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, I think it's setting, um, setting your policies and sticking to them, I think is yeah, important. And that's a struggle at times. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle to, yeah. to manage all of that Yeah, mm-hmm. and doing it all by yourself. Like when I was, right. you know, before I had this group I'm part of, I was just winging it mm. on everything. Like, and I'm by myself and my thoughts on things. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, go to a Facebook group to get advice and, you know, you get like 50,000 different opinions. Yeah. Um, so that was, it was helpful once I started the script to really get like clear direction and um, at times that, or not clear direction, maybe yeah. clear questions yeah. that would push me to think think differently. John's great at those questions that are like, no, I don't want to be in the hot seat today. <laughs> I don't, don't want to talk about this sometimes. problem. <laughs> yes, yeah. Very much. Always with me too. <laughs> so. Well, what, what led you to, to, to join our group in the first place? Um, well, you know, it's funny. I met you a year ago yeah. this weekend. On the nineteenth, um, at the Get Seen Summit, yeah, yeah, um, and then you offered the the fully booked program, and I was able to get that. And that was kind of a leap because I was like, uh, "Do I have the money?" Yeah. Um, in the practice, because I still wasn't making a ton last year at that time. Yeah. Um, I was making more than I. I was like, "Wow, this is impressive," but it was still um, scary yeah. um, to spend a significant amount of money. And then, yeah. um, and then you offered the group coaching and yeah. I was like, well, let me, let me think about it. And that was a leap for me because it's hard to spend money that is necessary, like you know, needed to yeah. live <laughs> at times. Um, cause I'm also like in that fear of that scarcity. Am I going to mm-hmm. have enough next month? Um, but then I was like, you know, I, I want to quit my job. I've been planning to quit my job for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I think this will be the thing that gets me able to do that cool. by having that, that extra attention. And I think that's, and that that's, I think that's what my mindset was at the time. It's mm. been like six months now. So I don't remember all yeah. of it. 
<laughs> yeah, we're getting ready for another six months. I mean, it's kind of like placing a bet on yourself, right? And this is, another, you know, kind of like the mindset stuff. This is another thing that gets tossed around in Facebook groups is like, you know, you have to invest in yourself, you know, if you want to succeed. And we kind of hear stuff like that tossed around. But then when it comes to actually taking the leap or joining, you know, a program or a group um, and wondering, oh, is this really going to pay off? There's a lot of yeah. fear in that, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And every time we meet on our calls, um, there's something somebody's talking about that applies to, it seems like everybody at the yeah. same time. Um, and so it's, it's helpful to hear, you know, you're not alone in this, but also get advice or get suggestions um, or tips that somebody else, it may not completely apply to you, but an aspect you could take from it and be like, oh, I could do that. And um, so I think that's been really helpful as being a part of that, that awesome. group. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So, um, yeah, so the group has definitely helped to, yeah, kind of be a resource during your transition to make the full, the, the leap to be held accountable, um, to, you know, to get the coaching of the full group during your hot seats. Um, and, and also, you know, we have this newer component of kind of growing together and reading and learning together. So we have a, our book of the month now, which is a new feature we're reading, mm -hmm. like I said, the miracle morning by Hal Elrod right now. And, um, so yeah, we're we're constantly um, b kind of sharpening our tools and also trying to just keep developing ourselves as people and and counselors and uh, um, and business people. And I think you know sometimes you know like self improvement, so to speak, feels like almost optional or it's like, well, I did that for a while or I did therapy for a while and now I'm just kind of like existing. But in our, in our group and in kind of our model, it's uh, it never stops. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I really like that we've incorporated the book. Um, I've always been a reader, um, but over the years, it's just, you know, things get in the way. Um, and, it, and I've always struggled with reading like a nonfiction book to completion. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at fiction books. I've, you know, I, got in trouble as a kid from for for staying up too late reading and so um so this though having a book yeah um having a book to read has helped um and then accountability of finishing it together yeah. has helped to um grow there and i've really enjoyed both books we just reread deep work yeah um cal newport yeah. and then uh the miracle morning now and they're both a challenge to think differently about things um mm -hmm. and change the way you you function in areas like the miracle morning. I got up and I was able to do it on Friday nice. this morning. My dogs wouldn't let me sleep. So I didn't <laughs> get up this morning. Um, but it was, I felt so great all day, like awesome. just like energized and ready to go. And that was my day off. And I was like, I got all this wow. stuff done before like 11 o'clock. It was amazing. So, um, it was a, it was, it's good to do it. I want to try to keep implementing it. It's a struggle, Yeah, but <laughs> totally. So I'm working, I'm working on that, but yeah, I really liked the incorporation of the book. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun for me as well. Um, I started, yeah, I started doing my miracle mornings this, this morning and I can say it's been, um, it's been noticeable. The changes have been noticeable. <laughs> it's not to say there mm -hmm. haven't been challenges today, like any day, but you know, when you, you start your day, mm -hmm. um, you know, with some wins and, and with, yeah, it's, it's hard. We can't. Exp I can't even explain the whole kind of concept in one moment. But the way you start the day is kind of how the rest of your day goes, and yeah, yeah 
we're all working on that right now. And the mornings are tough and life gets a, away mm-hmm. and everyone's got a lot of stuff going on, but, um, mm-hmm. cool. So w- what do you wish you knew like a year ago or even two years ago? Oh, I don't know. What advice um, would you give yourself? I I think it, it would be to invest in yourself along with the business, not mm-hmm. just get things for your office or get things to, you know, certifications, uh, which, I mean, those are helpful, but also invest in the business side of it. Um, I was resistant, not resistant. I was hesitant to do like an EHR for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I heard Laura Long talk on a podcast about how that was like, you need to be doing that. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if I have the money each month, which, <laughs> Yeah. It comes down to it's fifty dollars a month. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. But then once I did, I was able to to grow because those um I had the things in place to mm-hmm. make the the growth possible with exactly. the intake paperwork and the client portal. Like it's so easy and convenient mm-hmm. and it makes, you know, because I do I'm a primarily insurance based practice, um, mm-hmm. it makes billing so much easier um to have it go through there and it's just mm super easy. So I wish I'd done that a little sooner. Um, getting a part of, um, a course or a group. Um, I wish I'd kind of set aside money sooner mm-hmm. to do that. Um, cause that, that's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, that's huge. Um, I think we, yeah, everything is always hindsight twenty twenty, right? In terms of looking back and uh, what, what I wish I had known. <laughs> but what's also important is that we that we integrate what we're learning and we take action from it as well. Mm-hmm. With the EHR thing, you know, you're it's like well, if you're not paying for it, you're probably paying for it in another way. Whether it's like a lost claim or a client no show and you didn't have the credit card on file, it's like you you were probably already mm-hmm. paying for it, so to speak. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we're yeah. resistant to, yeah, to, to spending more out of fear of what if it, what if I don't make more as a result? But, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, your, your practice has and will continue to grow. And what's also been neat is, you know, seeing your process of learning to really trust your business. You know, again, mm-hmm. especially making that leap from, from nonprofit to private practice, that, that leap that I know very well, I went through that, you know, and and back in the in the San Francisco days and um there, yeah you, you have to really try to trust your business or at least trust your ability to be scrappy and and fix stuff if it breaks knowing that it will mm-hmm. break at some point right or you will have a bad yeah. month or a slow month or a, you know mm-hmm. 20 claims that didn't get processed or something crazy you know will happen but it's your ability to recover mm-hmm. from those things right that is so huge and ultimately ensures the longevity of you and your business. Yeah. And, and not panicking in mm-hmm. a month, in a week, whenever it's really slow. Right. Um, I had a, that a couple weeks ago, um, that we had that tropical depression come through. Mm-hmm. And, um, so one of the days is my work days, you know, people couldn't get there or didn't want to leave because, you know, the weather's terrible, but then ended up clearing up by that afternoon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was, but it ended up being a really slow week as a result. And I'm like trying to keep my mindset of it's okay, it's okay, it'll be fine. Um, but then the last like two weeks have been, you know, some of my highest weeks. Yeah. Um, so it's been like, okay, this is already like October is turning out to be a good month so far. And we're only halfway mm-hmm. through. So love it. Um, it's working on that, the mindset, not freaking out mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. 
it's bad or it's slow. Totally. It's not slow forever. It's just that week maybe. One one of the best like practical things we can do with that. And some of the folks in our group have been working on this is when you get to a certain point where your revenue is relatively stable, you, you get to a point where you can pay yourself consistently every week or every other week, whatever, regardless of how many clients you saw that week. That's really the only way to get ourselves off of that income roller coaster that most of us know all too well. You see 20 mm-hmm. clients in a week, you get paid for those 20 clients. And that's like, wow, that was great. Like, I haven't made that much or whatever. And then mm-hmm. you're sick for a whole week or everyone cancels. Or when I was in Charlotte, the AC went out in the middle of the summer and the landlord was dragging his feet. And I had three clinicians. Yeah, that's terrible. And <laughs> not seeing any clients. So that happened. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't have, well, two things, you build a little bit of a cash reserve, like three to six months of operating expenses, including your salary. And then um, and then you get to a point where you can eventually pay yourself consistently. You treat yourself, you know, like your best employee, which um, mm-hmm. that, that removes some of that chaos and it'll it'll help, you know, ease some of that anxiety, not all of it when we have those, those lows or those... Uh, when the air condition goes out or the, the flood comes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, what else are we missing, Celeste? We got a couple minutes here. We'll start wrapping up, but um, what else do you want to share with people? What else do you want people to know? What advice do you have for them? Uh, well, I was going to ask um, a question that um, when you gave me some questions to think about was mm-hmm. one was my biggest setback. And yeah. um, I want to say, um, Eight years ago today, actually, um, I went and took my first licensing exam and I failed it the wow. first time. Um, I had just graduated my master's um, in 2011. And I, because I, I only remember this because it popped up on Facebook as taking the test, but nothing about the test after that. I'm like, <laughs> ah, it's the one I failed. Um, but I had a lot going on. I had three kids under four. Um, I worked full time. I did my practicum and internship in the evenings. I didn't study a lot. I didn't study nearly as much as I should. And I think I also struggle with some test anxiety. Um, but it really like made me question, like, what am I doing? Should I be even doing this? Mm. Um, so I, and it turns out a year, about a little less than a year later, we moved from Houston to Illinois for one year, 13 months exactly. And came home (laughs) back to Houston. Um, and I, I was able to like take some time off and study and really, um, devote that. And, take the test again in September that next year and um, was able to pass. Um, but that failing just kind of made me question a lot, but it was like, no, that's what you want to do. This is where your heart is. So mm-hmm. you need to keep, keep going. Um, it was just an interesting couple years <laughs> there um, of moving across the country and back and then mm-hmm. failing mm-hmm. and taking it again. So I think that was my biggest setback, but continuing mm-hmm. on was probably the, the bigger success. So. Mm-hmm. The persistence was essential and in fact mm-hmm. that that it was a bit of a test of a test right so after failing it mm-hmm. you could have turned away you could have let that you know inhibit you down the road but you didn't and now you know that that's it becomes a character thing because now when you when you encounter hiccups and and you know setbacks in your business you know the drill or you know it doesn't have to mean anything, right? It doesn't have to mean yeah. uh, give up or whatever. So that's that's huge that you had that that yeah. experience early on and you, you kept pushing forward. Yeah, absolutely. It was just to keep going. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would, I would give that advice to other therapists that are, you know, struggling, just 
keep going. Don't give up um, at what you're doing. And, um, and, and learn as much as you can from those people who are doing well mm-hmm. um, or doing it already. So other uh, practice builders like mm-hmm. John and um, just keep building in yourself, like keep um, investing in yourself throughout the process mm-hmm. and get some sleep. That's <laughs> yeah. I love it. So. Starting tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, Celeste, this has been fun. It's flown by. Hopefully it was fun for you. And, uh, Absolutely, this is fun. Yeah, and um, and yeah, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being part of our group. And um, uh, yeah, just thanks again, and keep up the great work. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, it was a fun one for me, as always, and a meaningful one to um, get to work with therapists like Celeste and see their progress. For me, this is really what it's all about. Um, I apologize for a little popping and cracking going on there in my audio. Who knows what that is from? Um, This expensive mic of mine really shouldn't be doing such things, but I'll have a talk with it uh, quite literally and um, I promise it won't happen again. I'll try real hard. Um, Like I said at the top of the show, um, if you're interested at all in being a part of our group, um, uh, the same group that Celeste is in, all you have to do is head to privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash PDP right now, or just go to privatepracticeworkshop.com, scroll down um, uh, where you see purpose-driven practice and, um, and click through to find out more and to apply. Otherwise, I hope you have a good rest of your week. Take care of yourselves, um, and I look forward to seeing you again next Wednesday. All right, bye-bye.